Hey world, it's the real Rob Taylor here at Pomona Rocks. Founded in 2022 in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Holy Nothing generates an audacious fusion of stoner metal, grunge, and desert rock. Their debut EP, entitled Volume 1, A Profound and Nameless Fear, is out on November the 17th, and it's preceded by the single Mondegreen, which is out now. The band consists of Austin Hammond on drums, Joey Kaufman on guitar and vocals, and Dan Kennealy keeping rhythm on bass, and joining me now. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. How about you? Oh, very, very well. Thanks. Uh, thank you for joining me here at Pomona Rocks. Um, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about. The, uh, uh, the, the A Profound and Nameless Fear is the title of the EP. It's a five-track EP. Um, each track has its own little story. Mondegreen's the uh, the single, which we'll come to a little later. But um, just um, just explain to me uh, the, the background of the band first, uh, uh, the, the, the sort of um, the generation, the genesis of, uh, of the Holy Nothing. Sure. Um, so Austin, Joey, and myself uh, have been playing in different bands, not this one, uh, separate apart from each other. And and in one case, Joey and I played in a band together for a while. Uh, but we've we've been kind of around the northern Indiana music scene for the better part of 20 years, uh, often playing music that was, I, I guess, more of a hardcore bent or a, a more extreme metal bent and wanted to do something kind of fun. Uh, Joey and Austin ended up working together at like a, a place that makes espresso machines. And they were <laughs> talking one day and they were just like, Hey, uh, we both really like uh, bands like Red Fang and, and Baroness and kind of this like stoner rock stuff, Queens of the Stone Age, desert rock things. And they were like, we should, we should do something. And, and Joey got to talking about me talking to me because he knows I love that kind of stuff. Um, and I was on board. We just wanted to do something fun and catchy and kind of hooky that still didn't lose the the heavy aspect. Because at the end of the day, we love um, loud tube amps and big cabinets. And, and Austin hits his drums really hard. So I don't think that the three of us would make a very good uh, easy listening group um we just like to play things way too loud so that was that was kind of it and we've been doing it for a, a year and a half now playing some shows uh regionally um and putting this ep out awesome uh so um so you know you've you've, you've all got that in common um but you're not new to to you know you're a new band or newish band uh, but uh, but none of you are, are new to sort of playing. You're not sort of a high school band who've uh, who've just sort of uh, fallen out of the music class. No, no, definitely not. Um, you know, we're all we've all been at this for a couple decades. Uh, we're we joke a lot of times like um, I've got two kids. You know, we've all got adult jobs. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's a it's a little bit different being in a band when you're in your mid thirties than it is when you're. 19 or 20 but uh hopefully the experience is you know an advantage do you think that um that that affects your i mean i guess it affects your songwriting it must do you know kind of kind of having an added bit of maturity there because uh, you know life experience and stuff like looking at the well okay i'll i'll be i'll be totally honest what i've got in front of me is uh, tracks and tales and it's a list of the five tracks uh, from the ep and each one's got a just you know just a sort of few notes about what it's about and I think that um, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, I don't think I've really seen any kind of um, uh, you know. I see the track list all the time, but with um, uh, 
you know, usually it's just a kind of, oh, it's, it's about falling in love and then getting dumped or something like that. You know, it's all quite sort of two-dimensional, whereas your stuff's a little bit more, um, uh, your, your sort of reasoning behind the songs is a, has a little bit more depth. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we hope so. Like, one of the things we talked about a lot, um, like, the more you do this, you have to, like, if you're not progressing um, as, like, a an artist or a songwriter or a musician, then, like, why are you doing it? And I think that it's pretty natural that as anybody grows and, and matures, uh, your perspectives on things shift and change. And, and maybe something like a breakup doesn't seem as catastrophic because now I've been through a handful of those, you know? Yeah. Um, I think once you've been through like some, some life trauma um, and we all kind of collect that as we go, you, you find um, maybe, maybe like, I guess for me, like when I'm writing lyrics, I just want to write about things that like seem a little more, substantial i suppose than like the stuff that might have made me mad and made me want to write a song when i was 20 and i think that's a good thing like like 20 year olds should absolutely write about breakups and being angry or scene drama or something like that because like that's that's important when you're 20 and that's going to resonate with another 20 year old you know like we all loved angry punk bands when we were that age because like it it spoke to who we were at that time. So I guess still do. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I hope that like now maybe what I'm doing, um, you know, resonates with, with those of us that have been around the the music scene for a little while. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, Cause uh, I mean, uh, that's, um, I think there's, you know, there's, there's sort of two camps here, and I think you're straddling them both, which is a good thing. Uh, there's the sort of writing for other people and sort of, you know, writing to sell records uh, and writing about what you think other people might like. And there's also the uh, there's writing for yourself, which, um, which you know, I hear some of uh, from not not from you guys, but from uh, from from other bands who send me music, and um, and it can sometimes it it can feel a little self indulgent, and it's you know, um, I think probably the best example is. Um, that god awful album by Robin Thicke, who um, oh. <laughs> about, about that woman who dumped him, and it was all uh, is all based around her. That kind of thing. It's like, oh my god, this is horrible. So, yeah. uh, whereas what you're doing is you're writing. I think, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, it seems that you're writing from your experience, but you're also rely, writing about experiences that you know uh, uh, some of us have had as we've got older. Yeah, I I think it's like. Personally, I have trouble writing songs that are totally detached from me, but if I'm going to write about myself or something I went through, I always try to think about like, how can I make this a little more universal? Because um, at the end of the day, like when I listen to music, I gravitate, I mean, there's plenty of music I listen to and especially like stoner metal or doom songs that might just be about like a story or i mean i listen to plenty of iron maiden and like i don't need to yeah. personally relate to like two minutes to midnight or something like <laughs> that i just like sometimes a cool story is just a cool story right yeah, yeah or you write about like mythology or something but if i'm gonna write about like feelings or politics or something like that i try to think about a way to like universalize the the sentiment so that like anybody listening to it can find it relatable. Cause I think ultimately like that's what we want in, or at least what I want. Maybe, maybe I'm projecting that onto other people in music is to like find something you can kind of latch onto, like grab onto and relate. Yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so 
just give us a bit more sort of um, a bit more scope into that. Then, um, uh, it, really, what's life like in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Uh, so Fort Wayne is um, it's kind of like a midsize. I think it's like I think I looked this up once. It's like the seventy fifth largest metro area in the United States. So. Right. Uh, it's not exactly a small town, um, but it's not the big city either. Um, so it can sometimes feel a little bit, um, maybe a little bit like conservative in a lot, in a lot of ways, like not just politically, but like socially, um, if it, maybe, maybe this is the best way to, to illustrate what it's like in Fort Wayne, um, the biggest concerts that come through are pop country and like radio metal. Okay. Like, right. like we have one arena that can hold like 15,000 people. And the only, the only acts selling that out are like five finger death punch or something, right, <laughs> something right, right. like, like whatever package tour five finger death punch is on. And, uh, you know, we got one art museum, but if there's something really cool that goes through Chicago or New York, we might get it three years later. Like if it's like uh, a traveling right, exhibit right. or something. So, so you're not, so for, you're not completely, you know, in the middle of nowhere, but, <clears throat> but it's not Manhattan either. Right. Right. And I, and I think in the music scene, we're probably most known for, uh, Sweetwater being here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Sweetwater. I have, um, I must confess. So. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, I think. If not the largest in the world, the largest like music retailer in North America. Right. So they uh, they ship music equipment um, all over the world, uh, and we get a lot of a lot of transplants. A lot of people that were working in other capacities in the music industry end up in Fort Wayne to work oh, at okay. Sweetwater. So that's I probably where it's most relevant to anybody that plays plays an instrument or produces or something. Well, I was going to mention that because that's, uh, cause I don't, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I, I play other people's music. Um, I, I, uh, and I love it. Um, yeah, but, we, uh, we but, appreciate uh, it too. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I, I think that this is where I found that I fit. So, uh, so, you know, it all, it all works. We have a nice symbiotic relationship, but I was going to say, I, I, I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of the people who listen to Pomona rocks are in bands, uh, and in the industry to, to some, uh, some extent, and so, therefore, um, I'm probably the only one <laughs> listening to this who hasn't heard of Sweetwater. It sounds like so. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, I, I need to brush up on my um, on my uh, industry knowledge. But um, anyway, there we go. So, um, so yeah. I, 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 uh, it's not that it's not famous. It's that I've never heard of it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's not, that's it's okay. not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, um, uh, we were talking uh, before uh, we we started recording about um, the, the the debut EP. Uh, for the Holy Nothing, Volume One: A Profound and Nameless Fear, which brings me on to two questions. First of all, it's Volume One. That's a pretty audacious thing to call your first uh, uh, first EP or first release. Um, is Volume Two in the pipeline? Uh, yeah, there is a there is a Volume Two, and it's it's mostly written. Uh, we have the luxury of uh, I own a recording studio, the the studio that this record was recorded and and mixed at. Uh, so we've had volume two mostly demoed and, and um, all but recorded uh, for a few months. We, we knew that we could probably deliver on a volume two or else we would not have named it volume one. Because like you said, <laughs> it seems a bit like a, a recipe for disaster. Like, <laughs> oh, they, they had a lot of hubris thinking that there was going to be a volume two, um, but they barely got this thing done. So no, it was, it was a little, we, we knew we had it in the bag. 
Yeah, actually, that that's uh, that that's a kind of interesting thing to do with um, being a more mature band as well. Um, I think that um, you know a band who were in the twenties uh, or in the teens or twenties who, who called something volume one would be super audacious. Um, do you think that, <laughs> that uh, because they just may not be together next week, next month, next year? Sure. Uh, sure. Do, do you think um, uh, you know age has mellowed you guys as a, a you know as a sort of group, if you like, as opposed to a band, if you know a group of three guys? Uh, yeah. Do you think the holy nothing will be together in you know ten, fifteen, twenty years? I think that's the that's the hope. Like this is the there's like no drama because we're just here for fun. Like mm. the rest of our the rest of our lives have enough stuff going on. I mean <laughs> that uh, you know between kids and partners and jobs and mortgage payments and all that stuff. It's just kind of like. Uh, the band is what we're doing because we love making music and the three of us click so well that like we've, we've even talked at times about like adding another member. Cause it's like, um, there, there are things we have to kind of adapt when we play live because mm. there's maybe two guitar parts in, in mm. sections of the records or stacks of guitar parts as it were. Uh, and it might be easier to like replicate with, um, four people or five people, but we like the challenge of doing it as a three piece and like the three of us personally, like click so well and get along so well. And we're, we're such like longtime friends that if there was a musical project I've ever been involved in that I could see like doing like 30 years from now, it's, it's the holy nothing. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about, I was going to talk about songwriting, but we'll come back to that. Let's talk about live then. I mean, if there's only three of you on stage, first of all, uh, you will get more room on stage, uh, yeah. which is all, all, always a good thing. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, when it comes to playing live, uh, what kind of, um, uh, what kind of vibe can we expect? Um, I think it's, it's, it's very loud. It's very loud. It's very raucous. Uh, we definitely fill the space. I mean, we'll run multiple guitar amps if we, if we need to. I mean, that's why Joey and I both sing. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we do everything possible to make it sound like there's twice as many people on stage than just the, just the three of us <laughs> while, while enjoying our personal space because, you know, we got some room to spread out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's cool. And um, what I mean, you, know, you formed last year, um, and uh, and and this is your debut album. Uh, are, are you gigging at the moment, or are you concentrating on recording Volume Two? What's what's keeping yeah, you busy? Yeah, right uh, we're we're gigging a lot. Um, actually, next month, kind of to promote the record, we'll be playing uh, in Kentucky. Uh, we've got shows in Illinois coming up. Uh, we've played. Michigan, just kind of regionally, I guess, around the Midwest in, in the United States. And, and right now we're playing about, I don't know, five or six gigs a month when we can um, and trying to not play Fort Wayne all too often so people don't yeah. get sick of it. Yeah, cool. Um, have you got any um, got any gigs coming up you'd like to plug? Um, well, the release show for anybody near uh, <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana is um, – here on uh at the brass rail in fort wayne on november 17th uh and then in that on that december run uh, let me look at the calendar so i have the date right uh i am extra excited uh we're playing at a brewery called black circle in indianapolis that is known uh for metal shows particularly um we're playing on 
Sunday, uh, December 10th with a doom band called body void that I like an awful lot. Um, uh-huh. I can't remember which record label put that their newest one out, but they've been touring a lot and I'm really looking forward to it. They do this cool thing at black circle called uh metal matinees where they get oh, really? a, a band that's on tour. And uh, since they have a really good brunch there, they do like, brunch first and then a show at three o'clock and i'm like this is great this is like a, the perfect way to end like a little a little run that really because we, is we get done with the show at like seven or eight o'clock at night and it's only a two-hour drive home so it's like, <laughs> you know Listen, get in, you get get in at a reasonable hour and bed <laughs> at a reasonable hour instead of uh three or four o'clock in the morning as is normal yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's always nice to, <laughs> as you as you get a little bit older, it's always nice to get an early night, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it where I can get it. <laughs> Excellent. Maybe I'll uh, suggest that um, <laughs> suggest metal matinees to uh, to some bars in Manchester here, uh, and, uh, yeah. and see see how they do. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. Actually, uh, one of the things there's a band called Henge, um, who are kind of uh, they're kind of psychedelic. Um, they're just psychedelic. They're just a bit, bit bonkers. Uh, but they're a bit of a. They're, they're quite a big hit over here. They're actually from Manchester, but they they um uh, they all they dress up in crazy costumes and stuff uh, on on stage and have like aliens and and mushrooms and all sorts of stuff. Um, but one well, of the things incredible. they do, it is. It's great. Look them up. They're really good. Henge, like as in Hench. Stonehenge. Yeah, is yeah. H e n g e. Yeah, yeah. yeah. L- lots of fun. It. Is the latest record Alpha Test Four? Quite, quite probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to uh, add that to my listen to you later. That's yeah, yeah. Definitely cool. do. Well, check out the videos. Uh, Hengemusic.com. Anyway, we're, we're okay. here to plug them. We're here to plug you. Um, anyway, they, they, what they do is they do some matinee shows, uh, yeah. and the idea is that you bring your kids down, um, and it means that you know adults can uh, henge. Don't let the fact you've got kids stop you coming to good gigs. <laughs> and I, and oh, I, yeah. I love that. You know, I think that's awesome. Uh, that is so, awesome. Uh, you, you see all these kids uh, with their uh, air defenders on in the crowd, uh, yeah. just just having a having a good dance with their mum and dad to um, to some mad psychedelia. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's, man, it's that, really cool. That sounds great. Now I'm going to have to find an excuse to bring the holy nothing over to Manchester. So Definitely do it. Now, you've already got because, one, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all right. yeah, 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 yeah. Come come and <laughs> come and play some gigs in the UK. You will you will be. Uh, you will be most welcome. Um, one of the things that you did um, uh, that, that you liked, um, touched upon just now is you're, you're talking about a, a doom band um, that you're playing with. So, what kind of um, what kind of acts are you kind of paired with, uh, really? Because I guess it could be fairly. Uh, you could you guys could fit with a wide variety of uh, of acts on on stage. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty diverse. So there's there's stuff like the doom band. Um, a month ago, we played with some like gothy dark wave bands. Right, um, right. We opened over the summer. Uh, there's a band called He Is Legend. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. No. Uh, they're like, a, I don't know, kind of like a Southern rock meets hardcore thing, kind of like Every Time I Die or something like that. Right, uh, right. They were... They were touring, so we opened for them at like the Big Rock Club in Fort Wayne. It was them and a band called Grey Haven. Uh, so it, it's like really runs the the gamut. It's like hardcore influenced bands, uh, gothy bands, doom bands. Like we've played, we've played with some straight up punk bands. I mean, like because I don't I don't know that our sound is like one specific thing. So it's not like we only play with stoner rock bands or 
Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, and, and I actually really enjoy that. Like I, I'd, I'd rather play with a wide variety of, of bands. And how do you find that the, that audiences respond to that? I mean, if they're expecting, uh, you know, kind of a dark wave and then you guys turn up, um, do they kind of, do they, you know, raise their eyebrows and go, Oh, this is cool. Or do they, are they kind of like, oh, man, this is uh, I wanted some dark wave, man. This is what I came for. So I didn't come for this. I, I think I, I would like to think anyway, and maybe this is like wishful thinking on my part that uh, some of our songs are kind of catchy and dancey enough that we seem to still get them. Like yeah. they, they're uh, you know, and it, it's kind of the opposite when we play with the doom band, like mm. we don't have anything quite as like slow or abrasive as a yeah. band like body yeah. void, but we're heavy enough that we can kind of fit in the, in the same bill. Yeah, still so, be seen as credible. Still yeah, be seen, yeah. yeah. Still be seen as credible. <laughs> but like we, we love like uh, we always joke like we'd love it just as much if people are dancing as they are like moshing or anything like that. Like we should all have fun. Like let's let's make this as fun as possible. Well, precisely, and that's that's what I think that that you guys are about. Really, that that comes through in the um, in the EP, and also the uh, I think that uh, an interesting point there is that um, that it it. It is fun, but it's also not. Um, it's not lightweight. It's not sort of quirky and and crazy and you know kooky. It's uh, sure. it's there's still some good heavy rock that we've got here. You know, so you know, it's, uh, five slices of a uh, very weighty metal, uh, I would say. Um, uh, but um, uh, but at the same time, um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of got a groove. It's not uh, it's not long and grinding and uh, and, and um, sort of like. Uh, it's not. It's not kind of a, a big sort of long expressionist bit of prog rock, you know. It's, right. Uh, it's uh, it, you, you don't outstay your welcome by any means. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that's that's important. I love a lot of that stuff, but like I I've had enough like eight minute prog rock oxies. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't know yeah. that I need to make more of those. No, no, no. That's right. And uh, I think that um, I think that sometimes uh, you know I, this is when you hear bands who really need a producer to step in and say, guys, that's, you know, eight minutes is enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's quite enough. Uh, you know, it all has its place. And, um, and you know, I've just actually put out a, a prog rock uh, mixtape um, of, of brand new prog rock uh, on, on Pomona Rocks. And, um, and uh, you know, the reason, one of the great things about being a podcast instead of a radio show is we can play all that stuff. And so I do, you know, I, yeah. I always make sure that we, we include that because that's what the bands wanted it to sound like. So, you know, it deserves to be heard. You know, we don't sort of fade out early to, to make sure we hit the news at the top of the hour. We don't have to do that. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, um, but yeah, I know what you mean. There are, there are some, uh, again, we're talking about self-indulgence, I think, uh, really, I think there's, there's some, uh, some, some artists can, uh, can really, uh, milk it a little bit. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But I mean, some of that stuff is, is great. Like if I just want to find something to put on, like, and, and sit and relax at the end of the day, like I'm, you know, I'm the first one to reach for like some King Crimson or some, something yeah. like that. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, check out the prog rock mixtape then. I, uh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Okay. So onto the, uh, uh, we talked about the volume one part of the title, a profound and nameless fear that that's, um, you know, the, we were we were uh, just talking about how how the EP isn't uh, this um, uh, you know this kind of lightweight uh, jolly bit of uh, pop rock, uh, but at the same time it still remains fun. Um, what's fun about a profound and nameless fear? Uh, so that title, I think, in 
is kind of like a, it alludes to uh, all of us collectively really enjoy horror movies, uh, especially things that deal in like cosmic horror or existential dread kind of stuff. And um, it was kind of a way we thought to be more playful and referential to that. Uh, like we didn't want to call it like volume one, everything sucks and the world is on fire. <laughs> um, because that's volume two, that's volume two uh, <laughs> because it's really easy to like, look at the news. And I mean, we all kind of feel it where there's like just a sense of like unease discomfort um, in the, like the current events and, and what's going on and, and like maybe address that, but do it in a way that is a little theatrical or, um, creative, a little tongue in cheek, you know, without like downplaying the severity of the thing. Like, cause we don't want to yeah. just wallow in like the, the depressive mood that yeah. some of that yeah. could bring on, but like, you know, still kind of, still kind of allude to it in a way that like all these movies we like or, uh, horror fiction we enjoy kind of, kind of do. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's a, a really uh, sort of important. Um, it's an important place to spend time, I think, at the moment because there's a lot of nasty things happening in the world, and you know, given uh, that access to information is uh, is very much freer than it was when I was a kid, uh, and, and you and I both have kids. Um, I, I think that you know they're growing up in a different world, and uh, and I think that the um, I, I think the escapism. Um, of being able to uh, experience horror and things like that, but in a safe way, um, is uh, is really important because there's plenty of the real stuff out there, and um, you know, and that is depressing. But but horror, and you know, I'm a big horror movie fan, uh, like yourself, and um, and horror and ghost stories and, and such like. You know, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, and it's supposed to be fun because it's pretend, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that um, if I'm a profound and nameless fear makes me think of um, of uh, there's a particular um, Lovecraft story. Um, is the one that you've you've taken that from? I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, but there's there's one that I um, Polaris. That's what it is. Polaris, the the Lovecraft the, the Lovecraft story. Polaris uh, about the about the pole star and uh, how all of uh, Lovecraft's stories are. The narrator is a is somebody who says, uh, you know, I I was completely sane, and now and this thing happened, um, and now I'm completely mad. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and, yeah. Um, and it's that it's that. But you never sort of none of his um, none of his stories ever contain an actual sort of monster, or you know, it's not very clear what's happening there. And so profound and nameless fear really sort of uh, brings to mind um, uh, exactly that kind of uh, that that kind of dread. Yeah, absolutely, and and that was kind of our our. I think we might have even been talking about the movie um, "The Color Out of Space" based on the Lovecraft story. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, uh, it's got no, I what's it called? Nick, it's got "The Color Out of Space." It's got Nicolas Cage in it. Uh, I haven't haven't heard of that. Um, and we were just talking about how, like like you said, in all of the uh, Lovecraft stories, there's there's something going on, but like you never have a name for it. Right. Like you don't yeah. explicitly know, like this is the problem. It's just yeah. like, yeah. uh, and, and so that was, that was definitely like part of the inspiration behind that was like stories like that. And would you say that the EP generates that feeling? 
Uh, we hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's designed to. Okay, good, good, yeah. cool. All right, so let's talk about. Um, uh, we'll we'll have a quick run through the the tracks in a minute, but let's, first let's let's uh, talk about and have a listen to um, your your single Mondegreen. Um, for those who don't know what a Mondegreen is, uh, please elaborate. Sure, uh, a Mondegreen is just a misheard lyric in a song. It's the there's actually a word for that. Um, I was first made aware of them. Uh, when I was a kid, this concept has stuck with me since I was a kid. Uh, I, I I don't know about you, but I used to watch a lot of music television. Um, yeah. So in the States, it's like MTV and VH1 uh, specifically. But there was, a, I forget which one it was, which station it was on, but there was somebody talking about how the FBI at one point was like investigating, um, who was the band that originally sang Louie Louie? Was it the Kingsman? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to hard to know who did it first. But anyway, uh, they were going to the shows because they had these like lyric sheets. Like they thought they were saying all this like terrible stuff, <laughs> like <laughs> really? everything from like sex and drugs and and all sorts of things. And like none of it is actually in the song. Like the song is like <laughs> totally innocuous and, and fine. But there was like this moral panic at the time because like, um, well, what if they're really saying this? And he was just like singing it in this like slurred style, and PAs were terrible and like. <laughs> yeah. So nobody could figure it out. And that concept like stuck with me. And uh, so that's, that's what a Mondegreen is. It's, it's a misheard lyric. And how does that, um, how does that relate to the, the song uh, on the track, on the EP? Is it, uh, is it full of nonsense lyrics? How how does it? um... Uh, Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a good question. So uh, I guess kind of going back to trying to write songs that feel general and, and relatable to people. I was, I was trying to write, uh, Fort Wayne is a relatively religious place. Um, and like a lot of people here, I grew up in the church, uh, would have definitely considered myself a a Christian at some point. Uh, and as I got older, I felt like it became really apparent to me that I was going through the motions. Like I didn't actually believe any of this and none of it ever felt real to me. Uh, so I related that feeling to a misheard lyric in a song. Like you, you hear this thing, uh, told you that this is what it says. This is what it is all the time. And you just kind of like realize one day, like, no, I, I heard that wrong. Like <laughs> none of this, uh, none of this is real to me anyway. So that was, that was kind of the relation there. And the, the song itself deals, uh, mostly with like what the feeling is to kind of deconvert from religion. I see. That's pretty deep. Uh, okay. The the um, the video uh, we'll talk about in just a moment. But first, um, let's uh, let's have a listen. Uh, this is uh, Mondegreen uh, by the Holy Nothing from their EP, Volume One: A Profound and Nameless Fear.
the Holy Nothing and Mondegreen. Uh, Dan Kennelly is still with me. Um, so, Dan, uh, the video for Mondegreen um, is uh, a, a cinematic marvel. Um, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, you are all vampires. Uh, and I think as well, this this uh, this really illustrates, I've got to be honest, it wasn't what I was expecting to see. Uh, having listened to the EP and seen the the um, the artwork as well, the EP artwork, which I love, but we'll we'll come onto that shortly. Um, the uh, it, it really wasn't what I was expecting to see because it's it's just full of humour. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think that balances out exactly as you've been saying. You know what we should expect from the Holy Nothing. So so just uh, just tell us about the sort of theme of the video and the story and and how it goes. Sure. Uh, well, like you said, it's, um, it's pretty humorous because the, the song itself, um, I guess could seem like overly serious or kind of deep, like when we're talking about deconverting from religion or things like that. So we, we wanted to take the concept of like, maybe there are some other commonly held beliefs that, uh, might turn out to not be true. Uh, so we were like, wouldn't that be fun to explore as vampires? Uh, like what if vampires could go outside during the day? What if vampires uh-huh. could, eat garlic um what if you know any of those things but then at the end of the day like because of course we all love horror movies and uh we had to we had to put some gore in it so uh <laughs> like what if at the end of the day they're still vampires so you know the the priest still gets it in the end <laughs> yeah still gets his comeuppance yep <laughs> Uh, and also the um, uh, well, okay. Do you want to give a shout out to the uh, to to the guy who plays the priest and the reporter in the video because they're clearly not uh, part of the band? Yeah. Uh, so the um, the guy that plays the priest is a uh, Ben Perry. Shout out Ben Perry. He actually is uh, Joey and Austin's boss. <laughs> um, so uh, that was great, and he's always down for anything like that. Uh, we were just like, hey, uh, do you have a suit? Uh, do you want to play? Uh, a priest uh he said sure uh we actually stood so there's that scene where austin our drummer uh takes the crucifix from him um ben was actually hollering uh about like it was like fake proselytizing like a street preacher uh loudly in that neighborhood in the middle of the day <laughs> and people were on their porches they were <laughs> they were looking at us uh, it was a, it was a scene, but it was, it was really fun. Like he really got into the role. And then, uh, the reporter is, a is our friend, Adam. Um, he's another, uh, another musician, uh, in Indiana. He writes really cool pop songs. Um, and I don't remember the, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his last name, but, uh, shout out Adam Araki. A R A Q U E. Check his check his music out. Uh, if you're into pop, um, he's really good. But he's just a just a friend of ours, and we knew he would ham it up and play a good reporter. A great job by both. I think uh, it's a it's very very entertaining video. You'll be able to see the video, uh, by the way, on the uh, Pomona Rocks timeline on the, on the socials on our socials because uh, I'm going to post it up there. Um, and uh, and yeah, you'll be able to see it, and there'll be a link to this interview as well. Uh, so, so that's all cool. Can you briefly give us uh, a kind of uh, rundown of the uh, of the tracks on on um, Profound and Nameless Fear, and just sort of give us a quick walkthrough? Sure. Um, so, on the record, the the first song is "Bathe Me." Uh, that one we wanted to make kind of a dancey, like so. Uh, that that's one song that's maybe not as um, 
not dealing with any deep existential dread. That's that's literally just a song about sex because I think everybody has to have a song about sex if you're going to be a rock and roll band. Absolutely. Um, so that one's just about about sex, uh, about like girls that that kind of like rough sex, and they're the they're the ones that are the instigators of it. Uh, so we made it kind of dancey and fun. Cool. Um, the next song, Bliss Trench. Uh, that one's um, just kind of about that one. Uh, oh, that one. That one's kind of tricky because that that one's also a little more straightforward, I suppose. It's uh, it's just kind of about working towards what you want, like seeing seeing what it is, seeing what it is that you uh, that you want, and knowing that like you might have to like slither and crawl and uh, walk through glass and whatever else, whatever else you have to do, but like, eventually you're going to get there. And, and musically, we wanted that one to be like really driving and kind of, uh, fierce sounding. I think it's like the closest thing to a hardcore song we have on the record. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's okay. got like a big sludgy breakdown at the end. Um, so then after that is unending death. And I am, I'm going to look this up because I have to remember the author. Um, Joey wrote this one, uh, after reading is it is the book called devil all the time the uh, um, the the author that i have here is donald ray pollock uh, yes I, yeah so um donald ray pollock wrote the book um and th- then it was turned into a movie the movie's great it's called the devil all the time right um and that one uh is kind of about generational trauma um but it's you know it's it's a very kind of heavy weighty song and Donald Ray Pollock writes a lot about um, like rural kind of poor the poor like rural experience which is something that all, all of us even though we live in Fort Wayne now can relate to uh, we have family or come from places where uh, like the the town I was born in uh, has a population of less than a thousand people right um, Joey's from a very similar place so. Uh, Donald Ray Pollock's um, writes a lot of like gothic crime fiction, and it like really resonated with us. So uh, after Joey had kind of absorbed the devil all the time, he ended up writing Unending Death. Uh, then we've got Mondegreen, and we finish the yeah. the EP out with Doom Church, which is probably like the most explicit nod to kind of like cosmic terror, at least like in the sound of it. We wanted it to kind of sound like apocalyptic, like the world is ending at the end yeah and the ep also ends uh which is uh which is a perfect so it's a perfect closure i, I like the way that you've um you've clearly thought about the sort of structure uh of yeah. the ep um and uh you know an album uh, or an ep is more than just a collection of tracks you know it's not just the, and, and i think that this is uh well uh, you know what well, let's talk about that so um you know how um uh do you think that the the sort of um uh, the art of of building albums uh, is is dying or being lost. Do you think it's all about singles and you know and EPs now? And uh, you know what what do you what do you think of the of the way the the sort of business is today? Sure, I think that I don't think the uh, art of the album is lost. Um, I think that so uh, you might be familiar, but. Uh, there's a there's a band I really love right now. Um, I'm gonna get it right. It's pigs, pigs, pigs. Yeah. <laughs> pigs, 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 pigs. There's seven of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, 
I think like they're a great example of a band that like is just releasing like killer album after killer album that feels like a cohesive piece of art. Cause I feel like, especially in the kind of music that we're making, it makes more sense to like, like you can't necessarily illustrate the entire concept or thought in just a single song, like in, in, I don't know the way I, the way I like to experience music. I like something that like seems to make sense as a like curated collection that goes together, like shares mm. a yeah. similar sentiment or sentiments that like work well together. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think the album is dying, but I do think, uh, cause I, cause I still really enjoy it. And I think a lot of people really enjoy that kind of listening experience where you get like, maybe you put a record on your turntable, uh, you sit down and you just like, stare at your speakers or you zone out or, or whatever. Like I, I still prefer to listen to music that way. Um, but I think as a new band, it's maybe not the smartest move to just dump 10 songs when you're not sure how people are going to respond or what people are going to think. Um, so we tried to split the difference with the EP. We were like, maybe instead of just singles, we'll do, five songs at once. Like we put, we put a couple singles out just to let people know, Hey, we're a band and mm. share them with promoters so we could get some bookings, play some shows. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that singles and EPs might make sense when you're starting out as a band, but let's not lose the, the full album experience. Cause I think it's important. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I agree. I, I'd like to, um, you know, if I'm going to buy music and I think that, I, I think, you know, I'm a big advocate of owning your music, you know, owning a music collection instead of just sort of going to Spotify and adding it to a playlist because there's no sort of, um, I mean, I'm old, right? But uh, there's there's no sort of um, uh, commitment level to doing that. Uh, you know, when I, when I used to buy music, um, I was forced with the, you know, limited resources I had, the little pocket money that I had to, to go down to the record shop and choose what I wanted to buy. I had to make a decision. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't able to just go, yeah, I'll have that and that and that and that and that. I, you know, and and, I, and so the whole sort of concept of an album became really important to me, and it still is because I think that um, because I learned to listen to music that way, and I bought a lot of cassettes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, on a cassette, you're not um, well. It's a, it's much much harder to skip between tracks. <laughs> it's yeah. better to better to just wait it out uh, because you know, and so you end up listening to tracks that you may not otherwise listen to. Um, and for the same reason, you know, if you're if you you know if you're just cherry picking stuff off an off, off an album or cherry picking the hits or the tracks or you know just whatever you want, then um, you don't really get that sort of full rounded experience. Um, and and uh, you know, as you say, the the sort of sitting down and and spending time with with a with a uh, a, a collection of of tracks. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I, this is why I'm interested to hear other people's point of view because I could rant about this all day. Yeah, uh, no, but, uh, I, I, I'm with you. Like the thing I think I like the most about albums or cassettes or music, like when you consume it as like a complete album, I guess. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, you end up spending a lot more time with it than when you listen to something on Spotify. Like it's really easy to like open the release radar, the new releases playlist on Spotify and just be like, and just give something one listen and never go back. Right. Yeah. But even records that we don't think are like the best records from a band, if you had to buy it, you probably listen to it a bunch of times. 
Yeah, yeah. Because like, because like, you go buy it, and then maybe you'd have the rest of the day. Like, I, I don't know how you shopped, but I always try to go like on Saturday morning or something like early. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Get it, and then you'd go home, and you could like consume the record. Like, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All all day, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Give and read it, like, the lyrics from the like from three the or inlay. four spins, and yeah, and look at the inlay, and like. And by the end of the day, like maybe you thought the record sucked, but like you know that record. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've you've given it that opportunity. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, one of the biggest um, the thing that you're reminding me of here is um, is De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, because oh, I don't know if I love you, that record. Yeah, exactly. You must have heard that. But the yeah. thing is, it's got this game show thing all the way through it, which you wouldn't have. You know, you don't have to listen to that unless you're <laughs> unless you're on a cassette. Uh, and you're, you're, I mean, even vinyl's not really easy to accurately skip tracks. Uh, and, and so, you know, you just listen to the whole thing because it's easier than sort of fast forwarding a bit and then, oh no, that track started, let's rewind it, get to the beginning. Oh no, we're, we're in the wrong place. Just sit it out and listen to it. So, you know, I bought that album on, on, on cassette and, and just listened to it from start to finish again and again and again, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you like really, you really get into like the whole, mood and atmosphere of it i remember doing that with um i guess kind of a similar concept not a game show necessarily but queens of the stone age uh, songs for the deaf yeah yeah like yeah there's that like radio show thing going throughout the whole yeah, the whole yeah. record and it kind of like feels immersive in a way that like it wouldn't if it was just singles yeah yeah certainly yeah definitely um it, it definitely takes you um uh into the story of the album i mean even there isn't a sort of coherent beginning middle and end to it you know it certainly uh, creates that atmosphere uh that you otherwise wouldn't um well, yeah that you would miss basically if you just listen to the tracks as a se- se- sequence of tracks or just cherry picked one here and there and, and stuff like that so so yeah that's uh that's, that's a good example um and i you know uh, a band still doing that i uh, you know i i just don't really hear those kind of um that effort put forth at the moment yeah, uh, I don't hear it as much as I'd like to. I, yeah, yeah. you know, I hope that that's something I'd certainly like to explore, like that kind of through line well, uh, in a, you, a series already, of tracks. You already do a little bit on uh, Bliss Trench at the beginning. You have that uh, that female narrative, um, yeah, that, that, where that comes in. Um, <clears throat> uh, you'll have to listen to the EP to uh, <laughs> to discover <laughs> that. I, I guess yeah. Bliss Trench isn't being released as a uh, as a single. Uh, no, but it'll be out with the rest of the record in just a week now. Oh yes, yeah. A week from now, as we record this, uh, it's um, going to be available digitally and on a limited edition clear lathe cut twelve inch. I yeah, gather. yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Okay, so uh, just um, I'm fascinated by your artwork. Um, uh, this may be something or nothing. I don't know. Uh, I haven't mentioned it in, in any kind of pre-interview to you. Uh, I love your logo. Um, I love Thanks. the colours that you've used. Now I really like the fact that you've got a photograph on the front uh, of the, uh, on the cover because. Um, uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, really impressive artwork on on album covers, but I don't really see kind of. It, it just struck me because I don't really see a lot of photographs on covers. Um, maybe it's just something that maybe I do, and I haven't really registered it until I saw yours. But but um, but it, it just it stands out to me. It just looks a little bit more. Um, it makes me curious about what's inside. Really, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, we we wanted to use a photo just because we felt like it's a thing that doesn't get done as much. Yeah. And, um, a lot of our favorite, like if you, if you go back to like 
albums in the in the 70s 80s um it felt like a lot of photography was used and like yeah you try to do something that's more than just a band photo like find some like artistic photography and uh, a friend of the band jennifer stanley um that it's her photography right uh and she does this like really kind of psychedelic like trippy kind of plays a lot with color and light and motion in her photography in really interesting ways yeah um and we just kind of told her what we wanted. We were like, we want something that represents the the album title, something that's like a figure, but maybe not like a super distinct figure, something that yeah. like you leave a little bit to the imagination. Uh, and we want it to look like a seventies horror movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and she was like, got it. And, and she nailed it. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, that was the, that was the idea was like, I think going forward, we want all of our covers to incorporate photography um, and then like kind of leave the texture and depth to the design outside of it. But, yeah, yeah I, I think it works. I mean, it, it just, uh, it reminds me of the, um, of when I was a kid um, and I, uh, I go to the, uh, the video shop with my dad video store to go yeah. and rent a movie for the evening. And I would see these, you know, I was ten years old, so these these things that are completely out of reach to me, all these horror movies, um, that and these covers, and and that's what it reminds me of. I think the reason is uh, back in the old days of VHS, is you had these big bulky boxes, mm-hmm. and the the uh, the the uh, photograph on the cover, because it, it frequently was a photograph then, um, would uh, would not fill out the whole cover. <laughs> it would be in a box in. Uh, you know, on the front cover with text around it, and that's what yep. you've done here. And that's—I uh, think—that's what that's. Um, now, now we've discussed it. I think that that's the connection. That's what's kind of uh, uh, you know, uh, that's the that's the uh, uh, the thing that it's awakening in the back of my mind is that is the memory of these uh, these horror movies. Like uh, uh, Happy Birthday to Me is one of them. Um, uh, let me think of another one. Um, Friday, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah, yeah, where it's got the um, uh, the. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember her name, but the the female lead, the final girl on the front in the final scene where she's on the lake, um, yep. in, in the boat. A, yeah, yeah. I can imagine uh, it in my head now because I, I had the same same experience. Really, uh, you know, the video store is what you did on a Friday night. You maybe yeah a frozen pizza and and a stack of movies, and uh, you know, I, I was always fascinated with those too because a lot of times the photos were kind of grainy or. Yeah, yeah. Distorted yeah. in some way, but it made it all, it kind of added a mystique to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driller Killer, that's, uh, that's got the photo on the front as well. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I could go on all day. But uh, yeah, just uh, just reminiscing about, um, about you know, video stores and, and such like. So um, anyway, um, so uh, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, tell me about um, your bands. Uh, who are you listening to at the moment? Who um, who's, who's on your radar? Who should we see? Um, okay, so for... Me, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Pigs Times Seven. They they've yep. been like my regular rotation uh, band. Uh, but if people want to kind of get into uh, some of the stuff that's happening, I guess in the Midwest uh, in in the United States that I really enjoy, uh, there's kind of a a couple of like traditional doom or, or stoner metal bands in Indianapolis, which is just two hours to the South of us. Uh, Apostle of solitude is one they've been around for a long time, but I, I love that band. Okay. Uh, and another one is veil cased. Um, then 
I don't know if you're familiar. They've, they've done some touring in, in Europe, I believe, but there's a band called Savage Master. Um, right. I'm good, good friends with all those folks. That's, uh, like female fronted traditional heavy metal. Um, and then in Fort Wayne specifically, uh, there is a, um, totally over the top, brutal old school death metal band called Fetuside that I think is just right. tremendous. Uh, <laughs> And a New York hardcore style band called Colossal Man. Um, both those bands are great because they, they I, I won't call it a gimmick because they'd get mad if I called it a gimmick, <laughs> but they like are kind of over the top in their presentation and it like totally fits the vibe. Um, you know, in like the case of Colossal Man and the New York hardcore thing, like they know it's kind of meatheaded and they make sure that like that's presented in a very like tongue in cheek, uh, fun way. Oh, and the, the other band I should shout out, um, Another death metal band from the area. Death metal is kind of a big thing in Indiana right now. Uh, is a band called Obscene from Indianapolis. Really love Obscene. Cool. That's a that's a lot to be uh, to to go and discover. And this is why yeah. I always ask because you know you guys are, are moving around on the scene. You know who's who's worth listening to. And this is what I like to you know hear them first on Pomona Rocks. That's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Death metal's big in Indiana. Death metal also, is, uh, is huge in Indiana right now. Wow, are, cool. It's a it's a big it's a big scene. Wow, cool. Uh, it's um, yeah. I, I was reading uh, just something that sort of flashed by me um, uh, just earlier was that a death metal band are the first. I forget who it is, and I can't find the press release uh, to win a Pepsi Music Award uh, just recently. Um, huh. Yeah, so death metal's getting Pepsi Music Awards now. Yeah, uh, that's that's wild. Does that mean you know? Is this the death knell for death metal? Maybe it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting too it's getting too big. It has to go. It has to go away for a little while. And yeah, yeah, it's got to. Well, I mean, somebody's got to sort of like you know really crucify somebody in real life or something. It's got to go back to the days of mayhem and, you know, we've got to yeah, have, yeah. have that to, to, uh, to really upset the parents. <laughs> you really make everybody, <laughs> make everybody fear it again. And then, yeah. and then it'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then it'll be cool again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not advocating anything. No, absolutely <laughs> oh, no, not. No, no, do not do that. Kids don't, don't go out and crucify <laughs> anybody. It's, uh, it's not, you know, bad things happen. That, um, that is, but, yeah. um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so, um, so, so, uh, yeah, I've, I think I've kind of run out of road. Um, I've, I've really, um, I think we've, we've dug deep today. Uh, we've talked for longer than I expected. And, um, and yeah, I mean, even I've never ever asked anybody about, uh, their cover art before. So, uh, so that's a first for me, but yeah, the, the holy nothing, uh, is, uh, is certainly something to look out for. Oh, before you go, um, do we have a date for volume two? Uh, don't hold me to it, but the the goal is by the end of next year, if not end sooner. of next year. Okay, that's cool. So we have we've uh, we have a bit of a wait, um, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that I, it's not uh, not something that I don't think we can. Um, uh, I, I think we can manage that. I think you know, give it a, give it twelve months, and I think uh, I think I can just about wait that long. But I'm really excited yeah. to hear it already, having heard the first one. And I'm sure that <laughs> well, everybody. I'll make sure to send it your way first. Uh, awesome. Oh yeah, please do. Well, we can catch up and uh, have another chat about that. I'd be delighted. Yeah, I'd love to. This has been a lot of fun.
Excellent. Dan Keneally, uh, keeping rhythm on bass and contributing vocals to The Holy Nothing. Uh, the Holy Nothing's debut EP, Volume 1, A Profound and Nameless Fear, is out on the 17th of November. Monda Green is out now. Check out the, uh, the Pomona Rock socials to find the link to the video and uh, check out um, uh, The Holy Nothing. Uh, Dan Keneally, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks so much, uh, Real Rob Taylor. I love what you're doing with Pomona Rocks.